Uh, I just believe in the process, and we're, we're going to win going through the process. Now, Bill's Mafia. It's time for the main event. So sit back and enjoy the show. Bills Mafia, welcome to the Red, White and Buffalo Blues UK Bills podcast, joined with Robin. Good evening. Matt, talking Bills news, reviews with a UK twist, and I don't know how you want to describe Sunday. Um, well, we're recording well, this on, on, a, on a Wednesday evening. I think if we recorded this on our usual Monday evening, and unfortunately I'd been up for almost 36 hours, uh, on a work-related thing. So if I'd recorded this on Monday evening, I would have been tired and angry and probably a little bit emotional. Um, having had a couple of days, I'm still not happy about it, but I'm a little more measured. I'm a little more pragmatic about what we saw in the game. I thought I thought you would be happy. You predicted oh, it. Yes. I mean, look, I didn't want to mention it, but, but now, it, now it's out there and it's a talking point. I was right. And I wasn't just right in the prediction sense. I predicted this before the season began as well. And we can go back and I have the, the documentary record. Yeah, funny feeling about the Jets. I remember seeing them last season and I saw Zach Wilson and I saw they had a good draft. And I know Zach Wilson's up and down. He's not every not everyone's favourite, but I, I, I don't think he, I don't think he's necessarily going to be a Josh Allen, but I think he could be, you know, an above average sort of good enough sort of player. And mm. Sauce Gardner, I thought Garrett Wilson played really well, and I just thought the Jets played really hard. They were at home. They had, you know, the big the big fish they were trying to catch. Um, that's a terrible metaphor. Um, the big ball <laughs> they wanted to fire knives. Through its shoulders for something. Um, and uh, you've got a very weird analogies. <laughs> I thought they played hard and 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 fully deserved to win. And we got knocked off. And if you don't have players, if you have your best players are out or they're playing hurt or they don't step up, and you play an above average team in their yard, they can beat you. And that's what happened. When you get thrashed, we lost 2017. Could have still won it. Mm. But that yeah, happens. I think I think it in my personal opinion, the Bills beat themselves rather than the Jets played that game to actually um to to beat us. The example is that first Josh Allen interception yes. on the first drive. Yes. What happened? Gabe Davis with a drop right at the end. Pass yeah. defensive pass interference or not. That was perfectly on the plate for him. Yes. Allen's second um, interception was 75-25 Allen's fault. Yeah. The um, the sack, the strip fumble, which pushed back, the holding penalty, which was not a hold on Dawkins, right no, on the last drive when Diggs went, what, 30-odd yards and all that. I think it's more the Bills beating themselves beating themselves rather than the Jets winning. But the Jets pretty much did what the Packers did to us. Yes. Especially towards the end of the um end of the first quarter. They just started running and for some reason we we haven't we've gone back to being like we were last year, struggling against the run. Even though the first six games, seven games, we were one of the best run defense teams we were able to stop yeah. the running game and now you've got 
Delvin Cook next. You've got yes. Nick Chubb coming up. You've He's got yeah. obviously the Jets again, the Dolphins again. I mean, Ramon Stevenson of the of the Jets, Cordell Patterson coming up about the um the Falcons later in the year. Joe Mixon, who I think went off for five touchdowns mm. on Sunday coming yeah. up. You've got all those coming up, and we're now starting to go back into our ways of being unable to to stop that to stop the run, which means we are under more pressure on ours because they can just run, 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 hmm. and burn that clock down. Where we yeah. will have to we go three and out, or not even get a drive, not even get a score on our drive, hmm. handle back, and they're going to go back onto it. So we are at we get a disadvantage because we've just somehow abandoned or don't even know how we've actually stopped the run. Okay. Counterpoint. Last <laughs> year, at one point in the regular season, we were seven and six after our loss to the Patriots. We had to win the last four games of the season just to get in as the divisional champs. Otherwise, we would have been a wild card team. We are six and two. Now, all right, not seven and six. We could we could still lose to to the next three. We're a six mm. and two team. The two we lost were the two divisionals, which okay, that's its own conversation. In their own yards, in two three pointer games, not even single score games, two three pointer games. Oh yeah, last year, where I I still maintain we're a better team than we were last year. I don't think it's quite correct to say that where we've gone back to twenty twenty one. I think what's happened is you get to that point where your plan A that will get you through that first five or six games is now known. And the plan A that the Bills have always had success with is Alan to Diggs and Alan using his legs. And then hmm. plan B, which, well, you know, we had some success with earlier in the season, was to Knox, was to McKenzie, maybe Shakir and maybe the running game as well. And then what's happened is, if the A game doesn't work, if Alan can't scramble, or if he's forced to do that too much, or if Diggs isn't available, where's the plan B and where's the plan C? And you talk about pressure, and you talk about pressure points and those three and outs, and that's where actually sort of the Jets come back into it. You're quite right to say that um, the Bills hurt themselves, but if you hurt yourself against a bad team, you can still pull through. If you hurt yourself against a good team, that's where you can lose. So it's about the kind of pressure points of if you don't execute your plan B and your plan C, if you if your offensive line allows too much pressure on Josh, so he's you know he's on the run. If your individual assignments don't seem to work on the run defense, then that's how you you can get B. I still <clears throat> I still think a lot of that is is fixable, but it seems like that initial momentum that the bills had where we where we seemed unstoppable mm. even including the dolphins game whereas ah, it's one of those things seems to have gone up i i'm not seeing the same impact from Rousseau. i know he's injured and may not may not be playing um or basham and i'm just not quite seeing that initial burst it seems to have the fire seems to have to have gone not that we've gone back but we're not moving as forward <clears throat> as quickly or as powerfully as we used to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I, I, I do get it. I mean, it's, it is a case where, where we haven't, yeah, we haven't gone back into what we were last year. I'm, I'm talking about more the, 
the run game itself the fact that this this team is a lot better on paper yeah. all over the board than last year but it's just stuff like creeping in just a just a little bit um a little bit more now whether that's the tried and tested bend and break or there is issues on there because i mean daquan jones has been really a stud yeah, yeah nice tackle surprise. thing yeah and what was his he, he, he had one assisted tackle mm. on that um on that defense ed oliver had two tackles two assists mm. on there and what was it that was pretty much the only two defensive tackles that actually got any sort of tackle yeah and you're just trying to think to yourself why what what has happened they've they've gone from that to that and it's it's staggering but it's something that can be that can be worked on but it's it's like and i'm going to use an example obviously people must know may know i support west ham and yeah we've been on a pretty shitty run we just got knocked out of the cup today, 10-9 on penalties to Blackburn. Oh, yeah. We won three, Dolo, won 3-1 last night, and we are top of the National League North. So just to, yeah. just to rub it in, we are <laughs> we are currently the cock of the walk of the sixth tier of English football. So uh, I don't feel your pain. Yeah, uh, but no, but the fact that we've got David Moyes, last two years he's played He's played well, got us into two top seven positions, but now he seems unwilling to change his ways. Yes. And actually, and, that's, um, that's and he's, being, he's being found out and not willing to adapt. And the sort of stuff that's going on there is similar sort of stuff that's starting to happen with the Bills, that mm. other, coordinate, other coordinators, whether it be offensive or defensive coordinators, will and can adapt and put plan B's in, but ours seems to be focused on, as you say, Alan running, throw to Diggs, throw to Davis. Yeah. If Davis not on, just keep forcing it to to Diggs. There's no, yeah. there's no, um, what to call it? No, uh, what's the word I was just talking about? Adjustment. Yeah. Or anything like that. They abandon, they start off with the run, then they abandon the run yeah. They know that Josh can just sling it. Yeah. But when it comes when it comes to time we need to run it down or anything like that or start it, we know we're gonna struggle because the team, every team has actually game planned for it. They cut off yeah. the um cut off the pass game, knowing that we won't or can't run very well, and yeah. that just suffocates us even more. Yeah. If you can if you can smother the run, if you can occupy digs, you're forcing the Bills to then make their plays with Davis, McKenzie and Dawson Knox basically on you. And mm. those three and uh, I've got a little got a little stat for you. This was the game against the Jets. Those those, those the big three, the sort of the second tier if you like behind Diggs. Davis, McKenzie and Dawson Knox combined stats 12 targets, seven receptions, so god, seven out of 12, barely over 50 50% for 70 yards, zero touchdowns. Hmm. That is your 
whatever the opposite, whatever the other word for bread and butter is, if Diggs is the bread and butter, if he's the, the meat and potatoes, the guy that, that, that keeps it turning, those are the guys that need to chip in with three, four, five catches, you know, crucial, crucial plays, those third down conversions, those easy, um, you know, second and sixes kind of thing that, that, that you get. Without mm-hmm. those three, your offense is then Diggs and Josh Allen's legs. And yeah. They need to figure that out now. Whether that's a coverage thing, whether whether that's something else, I don't know. But that seems to me the obvious point where we are lacking in certain games. We don't seem as capable of the old dinking and dunking. And yeah. sometimes you just have to do that. You can't if you can't throw to digs and you can't be mobile. Then just take the five or six yards, take those shorter passes, and build the drives that way. And for some reason, we've gone away from that. Yeah, I think. I just think it's it needs something needs to to happen because let's say we're coming into a stretch and what makes it what makes it more difficult is you're looking at it's probably going to be the Bills and the Chiefs again fighting for that number one um, number one seed. Yeah, the Chiefs. I don't see apart from the Bengals. On their remaining schedule, and they've got the Jaguars, Chargers, um, Rams, Bengals, Broncos, Texans, Seahawks, Broncos, Raiders. Well, you've got they, they, there's a couple of divisional games in there. They've got the Chargers. They've always got the Raiders, and they've got the Broncos, which are are never going to be easy. Seahawks are a, a, a funny old team. I mean, and and who 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 would have picked us losing to the Dolphins and the Jets of the eight games mm. we played so far? They're they're yeah. probably the least two, maybe aside from Steelers, is probably the least expected yeah. results. So looking, um, also looking, the Colts, didn't they? Lost twenty seventeen to the Colts. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't see you wouldn't see that one coming, would they? You you wonder what the fallout from that game was, whether they just accepted it and moved on, or whether everyone was freaking out that Mahomes only got seventeen points against the Colts. Yeah, then you look in. You're just looking at that, and yeah, the Chargers, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, the division will give them a bit of competition. But the only ones I can really see taking a um, taking a win off the Chiefs at the moment are the are the Bengals. And you look at the Bills. I mean, they've got obviously Vikings. They're yeah. seven and one. Yeah. Obviously, Jets and Dolphins. We've actually um, we have lost them. Okay, quite quite close and they're we, at home we've got those at home we lost the yeah. two we lost the two games on the road so we've, we've, got, the Beng- we've got the bengals a swell in there so one or two losses in there yeah pretty much will potentially see us again a second seed unless yeah. let's say something magical happens and we run we go through the last nine games Winning, go nine and zero in those games, and yeah, the the division, the, the championship, the AFC goes through Buffalo, um, but it is a must-win game, and that's what we're going to talk about next, and that's yes. the um, the week nine matchup against the against the Vikings. Yeah, and I think I think we need to start with the biggest news on that. Okay. And that's the whole Josh Allen. Will he, won't he play? And obviously having that UCL, um, which yeah. was, um, I can't remember what it's called now, um, what they, what's it short for, but a right elbow injury. Yes. Honestly, and 
today in this press conference, McDermott said he's day to day rather than like week to week and all that, which to me is more positive than when you say yes. week to week. Because every time he says, "Oh, a player's week to week," you know he's not playing on the um on the Sunday. But yes. day to day, he he should be fine. He should be all right. He, he's come out and said that he's good to go. Yeah. You've, you, you've right. basically got two, I think, schools of thought, haven't you, for Josh Allen? First of all, Sean McDermott isn't going isn't to tell you anything. We all knew that's what he was going to say, and you're kind of reading his body language to, 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 to see if he's going to tell you any more than that. I mean, I wouldn't want to play poker with the man because he doesn't tell you anything, does he? Mm. He doesn't give anything away. He's done that on day-to-day, so the Vikings still have to game plan for him. If he rules out Allen now, they know he's playing. They know they're playing with Case Keenum, and they can they can game plan for that. So the first goal of thought is that they will, at the very least, they will make Josh Allen's status as questionable right up until game time. Yeah, where they may sit him then on the Sunday and just go, hey, you know what, name him, name him inactive in case Keenum plays. A little bit unfair to Keenum because you, you'd want the first team reps and and that kind of thing, but it it is what it is. There's probably a, a greater matter at hand. The second thing. Or the second school of thought is that Josh Allen will have to be dying in his bed before he sits down in a game. He got diagnosed with a concussion uh, after playing the taking the bad hit against the Patriots, was in the concussion protocol, and somehow managed to clear the protocol in less than a week. He will play if he absolutely can. And if you if you want to read Diggs's timelines and Von Miller's timeline, Von Miller said he was at his house Sunday night and he didn't. Uh, he didn't even know he was injured. Uh, Diggs said something like "Praise be" or "Hallelujah" on his on his on his uh, time feed. Josh was seen at practice today on the Wednesday. He's limited. He's in the non-contact and he's got a brace on. Point three yeah. is: Do you play Allen if he's only seventy or eighty percent fit? Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at it. You look at it. The obviously he's stained against the. Um against the Jets on that one play, then straight away after he launched two yeah. bombs um down. Obviously, yeah, he shook out his um his elbow a bit, but you this could kind of play into a change. And we we talked about it just then in the in the review of the Jets game. This yeah. could actually try and change the narrative of how this offense goes, because we all seem to know that they want to get Josh just loading that cannon and just launching it um, 60, 70 yards in the air. But it could now, with that, go back to to actually um, what his strengths were in previous years, the short to intermediate game. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they they could probably plan for it a little bit. The Vikings could probably plan for it a little better, but we've seen Stefan Diggs and play in the slot a lot more this year than last yeah. year. If you're going to do that and play a short game, stick him inside. He, yeah. And if you want to target Diggs, move him around. So if you stick him on in the inside in the intermediate, hell, go for it. Yeah. I think I think it's the way you can actually then play to his strength, and that really what they can they can take from it obviously you have to look at a lot of other stuff on there you have to hope that mckenzie doesn't have the case of the drops you can actually game plan and put a plan place to have 
maybe the odd um, screen game, which we don't yeah. seem to like that much, or even get the jet sweep going with Shakir or, or McKenzie. I mean, they've tried it. Yeah. But there are so many different possibilities, and this will then cause the issue for the Vikings' defense because they're going to be thinking, okay, Alan's playing. We know what he likes to do. He likes to hold in the pocket. They like to go um, one-one personnel or or um, four wide receivers, and Josh will just throw it and yeah. just launch it down the thing so they can game plan for that. But now you bring into that aspect of the adjustment, and even if it just happens on the day, yeah, the Vikings are going to be slow to pick that up. Mm-hmm. So you've got a bit of an advantage there whilst obviously managing Josh's um, Josh's injury. And even yeah. Josh said that he's fine, he's going to play. And with that sort of, sort of um, injury, it is manageable without surgery. It's just a bit of physical um, physiotherapy. Yeah. Maybe a massage here and there just to stretch out the um, – the nerves and the ligaments on there just to soothe it. So this is very manageable and maybe it's, maybe it's a way, as I say, that we can actually adjust this um, offense and make it a lot more, a lot more um, well-rounded in the passing game than just launching 20 plus yard passes just to get up the field, take the time off the clock. I'm I'm sure given the last two games as well, I, I really think, obviously Josh is always going to want to play regardless, mm. but I think particularly he will be the first to admit he hasn't played very well over the last couple of games. He's going to want to get that right. Oh, yeah. And that sort of motivation that you're talking about there, he's he is a student. He is still always trying to get better. I think that's exactly what he's going to want to prove this week is to come out and maybe, as you say, play a different way. Maybe get Dawson Knox involved. Mm. I, don't know why. I mean, he had, he had a nice, nice, nice pass to him against the Packers, but again, he was almost invisible against the Jets, wasn't he? And yeah, I, I really, I really think he's he's going to want to play through it. Now, another question is going to be: Is McDermott going to let him do that? Is he is does McDermott have enough power to, to basically say no, we're gonna sit you? Because the pragmatic thing to do would be to play Case Keenum, who's not bad, who's okay. You could probably still win at home against a dome team in Buffalo weather in November, against a team that doesn't like it in the cold, who's seven and one, granted, in a in a funny old NFC. It's probably them and the Cowboys and probably the 49ers and, and let's say the Eagles. Well, not let's say the Eagles, definitely definitely the Eagles. They're, they're probably the, the pick of the team. It's probably them four, isn't it? And mm. Vikings are 7-1. Uh, uh, Six of those wins were by one score. The one really good team they played, they lost to, to the Eagles. You know, all credit to them for, for getting the seven wins. Don't, you know, um, you take, take nothing away from them. You... you 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 won the you won the games. You're seven and one. You deserve to be there, but I think they're probably a beatable team. And yeah. so the question reverts to: What are the risks? Are you risking Josh inflaming the injury? So he sits in for a week now, and he comes back 100, percent or do you roll the dice and hope that he can just play through it? Yeah, I mean, treatment. As I say, treatment for UCL is period of rest so he's probably had obviously sunday 
Monday, Tuesday, whenever they practice. And then obviously you're not practicing today. So he's had like really three days of, of rest, non anti-inflammatory medication, ice to it. And obviously physical, physical therapy. These are ways that they can do it. And it's not just that it's, it's opening up now, not abandoning the run. Yeah. I think we have, and we have it that we can start off with a run. That's great. I love, I love the fact that we start off with runs. We can actually yeah. keep it going, 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 but then we stop. And even the RPOs, the yeah. run pass options. Yeah. We had 18 RPOs all season. 18 of those RPOs have all been passing. Hmm. Yeah, it's not much of an R. That's a silent R in the RPO, isn't it? <laughs> that's just then, a, that's just a PO, isn't it? At that uh, at that at that point, it it will help this offense so much if they actually incorporate the run aspect. I know Josh would love always wants to have the ball on there, but yeah. on this sort of thing, give it up. Let, let them. Um, do a couple of runs because it will set up that yeah. play action. And we know Josh is lethal on play action. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at, let's say with the run games and all that, I mean, what was it? How many yards? Where is Singletary in that list? Devin Singletary in the list. He is 36th with 347. Cordell Patterson has played three less games than him, has got more rush yards. Jonathan Taylor, okay, he's he's an elite one anyway. He's got more and he's played two games less. There are guys here that you wouldn't think. Tyler Al Algier of Atlanta. He's mm. got more than um than um Devin Singletary. Tony Pollard, Jeff Wilson, to name a few. Mm. Khalil Herbert. All these guys have got more rush yards and attempts, I think. Let me just double-check that. Attempts. Then um, then Devon Singletary. He's mm. gone. He's got 79 rush attempts. Tony Pollard has 81. Tyler Aguilar, I can't pass his name. Um, 94, Jeff Wilson, 101. Okay, that's combined both um, San Francisco and Miami. You look at these guys, Damian Pierce, the rookie, he's at 148. Why we just abandon the run? I don't know. What, it's, what... it's strange. Do you, do you think, I mean, I haven't watched enough tape and I'll, I'll obviously defer to your two your you know more qualified opinion but it does seem that we get a certain amount of success with it in the first half do you think that defenses get wise to it and that we're a little we're a little bit of a one-trick pony that there's there's a certain amount of runs that we can do and we'll get them particularly with singletary and he's had you know averaging five six yards a, a carry that's it's been really good but they 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 get wise to it very quickly yeah we're, we're, i think we're, we're i think that I think that potentially is the is the case. Um, let me just try and see. Uh, yeah, scoring summary top down. No, no, no. Um, the fact that each game 
Let's see, I'm going to go Devin Singletary's actual um, game by game um, information. I mean, rush yards, he's um, rushing attempts all season eight, six, nine, eleven, but only got 49 yards, six, 17 with 85, 14 with 67, then eight for 24. Hmm. So you're not. He's he's got good yards per, per per carry with six, seven, five, and all that, but it's not enough when you compare it to the likes of. I'm going to use. I'm going to use what? Let's use Nick Chubb because of the. Or no, let's use. Let's use someone who's lower than us but has had more attempts. Najee Harris. Let's look at his and his attempts. He's had 10 rush yards, 15 rush yards, 15 rush yards, 18 rush attempts, 11 rush attempts, 14 rush attempts, 17 rush attempts, 8 rush attempts. Okay, some of them haven't gone for much, including Mm. the one against Buffalo, but you're giving him more opportunity, more ball, and not abandoning that run game. Mm. Where you've got a team as like the Vikings, who, where are they? Where's the rush defense? Who are, where are they? Where are they? Vikings, Vikings. Okay, they're actually quite good against the run. That's not a good sign. They're actually, um, they're allowing 890 yards. So maybe I've just shot myself in the foot by actually running, um, trying to run on there, but, it helps us a lot more because it builds mm. up the play action. It yes, it does. The long play, and it actually forces the defense to actually think. And even if you do want to use Josh a little bit more as a scramble, you're now making that defense think by just continuing running, even if you don't get a 100-yard rusher this season. If, if Singletary gets 14 carries and doesn't get 100 yards, I'm not worried. I don't. I won't get pissed off about that because I know that they're trying everything to make sure that we don't become one direct dimensional and we can play. Because I mean, the Vikings are giving up um, thirty, twenty second in pass defense. They're giving up um, two thousand and fifty five yards. Yeah, yards per catch for 11.7 yards per game 256 they're giving up a lot on there and Mm. applying the run to the game helps us immensely because it will help us it'll help us in the past game we'll set up that past game but run it for the first quarter quarter and a half then go fuck it well let's just go back to what we know yeah the odd run in because it seems as you said, in the second half, we drop. We the amount of rushing attempts we do in the second half. I don't know the stats for that. Is if someone has it out there, please let us know. The second half, we just don't want to run the ball. We we'll, may run the ball if we're running out the clock at the end, but yeah, we just turn one dimensional again. And it's the, the the counter again. The counterpoint to that is if they start getting wise to the run game. And we run on first down, and we're looking at a second and nine and a second and eight. We're then almost switching then to the short passing game. If the 
deep ball, if the digs pass, is then out. You've then got a very crowded um, centre of the field for Josh to pick that out. The calculus may well be when it comes into the second half, you're better yes. off using your three downs to get a combined three pass yards over 10 than two downs to achieve the same thing. That may oh, be yeah. the calculus that they're using. And you say, take the Jets, and we're all, we say every say it every week, Jets are getting pressure with four, which meant they had seven people in coverage. If Diggs is out of the equation, that makes it a lot more difficult for yeah. Josh to make I mean, it. So what sounds like abandoning the run game may be a slightly more um, pragmatic approach to trying to get the success where you can. Yeah, I mean, I don't, 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 don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not expecting us to play short and then carry on the run game. I mean, obviously, sprinkle in the deep ball as well, keep them guessing. But those two combined will a help us a little bit more. Even if we do, I say, do sprinkle in some deep balls in there, will obviously ease the burden on Josh's um Josh's elbow. And I think yep. when you're paying a guy 256 um million, we'll give him a 256 million contract. You'll want to do anything to actually make sure he doesn't overload too much on there. But, yeah, which is yeah. the argument for sitting him, isn't it? Again, against the Vikings, it's don't yeah. don't risk it. You know, McDermott's a naturally conservative coach, isn't he? I mean, Trey White's still not back, is he? God, well, we two games past the bye now, and we still don't yeah. know if he's going to play on Sunday. I know well, there was a lot of talk about you don't want it, you don't want it, the 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 MetLife turf false fake. To AstroTurf is awful, and you wouldn't want to put that on a newly repaired knee. But um, you know, it speaks to McDermott's conservativeness. If he's got any power in it, he will try and sit Josh at the, yeah. at the weekend. I mean, talking about obviously Trey White, is this the game that you <laughs> actually get him back? So, I mean, God, I hope so. You, I you really see how he looks. He locks him down. He'll lock down that one side. Yeah. And that's pretty much Justin Jefferson. Yeah. You take him out of the equation. I mean, Adam Thielen hasn't had the most stellar season at all. And I'm pissed off at that because he's actually in my fancy team. Yeah. But they've got now TJ Hawkinson, who's one of the better tight ends in the league. If they get him involved without Trey White, looking yeah. down one, you're going to be moving Johnson. Jackson, Elam, Benford, all over the place, trying to mark those two. Yeah. Bringing White, even if it is for some of the game, not all of the game, to actually lock him down, helps us quite a bit and obviously helps the secondary. I mean, the one, obviously, we're hoping that Jordan Poyer is going to be back. It's, Doubt it. It's, I have a bad feeling you won't. It's possible, but then obviously Dean Marlowe is is back. He knows the system. Okay, he's not the he's not the Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde we like. We we know, but he's a solid and dependable guy. He's done well for us in the past, but it gives us more opportunity. And the guy I've been impressed with yeah. is Damar Hamlin. Paired with paired with Damar Hamlin, Marlowe and Hamlin is is not that bad. We we could really do with with Milano back. Mm-hmm. As well, and if you can get Trey back to take take out Jefferson out of the game, then I think you blunt a a, a damn good part of the Vikings' offense. If you've got Milano there, that's going to help defending against Alvin Cook. Um, and yeah, they're still going to get it. They're still going to take a few shots. Um, 
you know, Cousins is 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 decent. Seems to be happy playing for that coach as well. But yeah, yeah. If if we can't get Poya and we can make Mar- Marlow and Hamlin, if we can get Trey back, and if we can get Milano back with Edmonds, um, I'm not going to go too hard on Terrell Bernard. A lot of people really really have a go at him uh, after the game. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very lenient towards rookies. You 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 let them be crap for a year. That's fine. He was he's still showing a, a lot of promise, but he's just not ready to carry the team, and he shouldn't have to. He's a rookie. Um, yeah. But if we can get if we can get Milano and Trey, that's almost like that spine of the defense is 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 tough, and then we can bring a bit more pressure up front. Um, then I think we can hold the the Vikings to seventeen. Yeah, I think I think that's it, and I say that's why. This is the game that you bring White back. As I say, he'll lock down, which you won't necessarily need a Hamlin or, or Marlowe or Johnson or Poyer if he does play actually there as a cover. You might want to for the first few series while Trey just gets acclimatized to it. Yeah. But once you've done that, once he's done that, you don't really need him after that because then you can actually have them focused on the run game and obviously mm. the intermediate with Hawkinson. Even KJ Osborne is a guy where you're actually um, is to keep an eye out for. They've got yeah. players, but having that, having, as you say, Milano back, hopefully having Russo back, He's I think he's... Uh, limited at the moment. He, no, he was own call. He was in, didn't practice today. Uh, Saffold, bit of vet rest, bit of back. He's out. Poy was 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 a was a do not, and Tremaine was a DMP as well. We could. Really was was the um was the Trey White one actually um vet rest? Uh, no, with Trey Trey White weirdly isn't on the issued injury report. Because I guess it's because he's he's cleared from an injury rather than having picked up an injury. I think that might be the rule. So yeah, he's not on there. So we've got we've got Josh, who's officially a DNP. Interesting. I only found this out the other day as well. Do you know what actually constitutes the difference between a limited and a full? I didn't actually know. That. I only found this out like a week ago. What's that? You only have to miss one snap to be a limited. So you could so the difference between as long as you take part in the team activities, you're limited. If you take part in all the activities, you're full. Um, but if you work off to the side, so you can be a DNP and just work, be working off to the side and doing individual stuff, uh, or just not practice at all. So there's a certain mm. amount of latitude between the different DNP. Always just fills me with dread, thinking, "Oh, that's it. They're not gonna. They're not gonna play." But it can actually just mean that you're off to the side, or it can be a, a good deal more serious. And limited can be a bit of a worry. But like I said, you can miss a couple of snaps or a couple of things, and that counts as limited rather than full. So there's a certain there's a certain degree of, of um, yeah variance um, in what what the injury report is actually saying. But yeah, Tremaine, Tremaine was DNP. Obviously, so was Josh. Although we did see him working out, Von Miller had the vet rest. Poy was a DMP, and so was Russo and Saffold. Um, what would be good, just on final thing on injuries, really, uh, a limited Spencer Brown, because Questenberry was also limited, and we could really do with with Spencer Brown coming back and just buying us a bit more time up front. Yeah, I think I think it's it's good. Um... It's good on those on those occasions 
I think it's looking. People will say it's shit, and there <laughs> are, we just lost. <laughs> we just lost are, this original game. Everything's everything's collapsing in on us. There are chats here and um, commenting groups and all that about how oh let's all be let's all start to get negative. The fact that it's, it's still that we're without Josh, we're we're, we're struggling without Poya with all these injuries and all that. But then again, we're not the only team that's had injuries. And there have been times during our injuries where we've actually won games. Okay. Our only two games yeah. we've lost are divisional games. When and they we lost by three points and they were live to the last play, the last snap of the snap of the game. So, oh, well, apart from the kneel down, but you know what I mean? Inside, yeah. the, last, inside the last minute, inside the last 30 seconds, we were still in both of those games and we've only lost two. So... so it's it's not really not really a big issue on there. I mean, the only other thing that really, and I think it's what we, we said, is the key to this game is going to be stopping that run. So if they can hold Delvin Cook, and we know he's good to pass catching as well, but I mean, yes. regards to running, if we can keep Delvin Cook down, yeah, then it's one less. Thing to worry to worry about because then we'll just have to try and make sure that we can get that pressure on Kirk Cousins mm. to to really allow us to to play our game. Yeah, you see, for me, I think the key to the game is to get those to get those three of Knox, Davis, and mm. McKenzie involved. And get them making catches. Now, whether it's a confidence thing, because you know, catches, it's always a, you know, it's like catching a cold sometimes, isn't it? It's, you know, you once you start catching them, you start getting them. But we haven't seen that much from McKenzie this year. Davis is always a bit sometimes here and sometimes there. And we, we haven't seen uh, enough from Knox as well. I think we need some production out of those three. I think if we get it from those three, it gives almost, it, it gives life to everything because it makes digs easier to track down it actually makes the run game more possible as well because then you've got more options if basically all you've got is is, is a single Terry run or a digs or a digs or a josh run then you, you don't really have that much i think those three players are the the key to the game for me yeah so obviously it's the usual thing obviously get to the bell get to everywhere on there do you have anything yeah. Final to say and then and a prediction and we for the um, uh, game. Well, uh, I forget to credit who the person was. Uh, so, but it was a Vikings person I was watching. I'll have to dig out the person's name. He was actually from Buffalo as well, and he comments for the Purple Star. I think it is for it. Really sorry. I'll try and dig. I'll try and dig out his name. He was really. He was really interesting. He was on the Buffalo Plus uh, network, and he was saying that one of the. Uh, that one of the weaknesses is the interior offensive line for the Vikings. So his tackles are pretty good. Tackles are all right, so they'll probably keep Von Miller at, at, at bay. But if you can get Oliver and Daquan Jones up the middle, um, they could cause uh, Cousins a lot uh, a lot of issues. So that's my that's my final uh, keep, keep an eye out for the interior OL of the Vikings. But uh, otherwise, uh, score prediction. Yeah, what are we going for? I I think I think the Bills are too good to lose two in a row. I think they're too proud 
I think sometimes you need to lose a game. I don't think it was enough to have a bad second second half against Green Bay. I think you need to lose a game to give them that kick up the arse. And I think they are not going to want to lose at home. I think they have quite a few things going for them. Like I say, they're a dome, the Vikings are a dome team. Bills are playing at home. Even if Josh isn't playing, even in worst case, even if Case Keenum's playing, Diggs is going to want to stick one to the Vikings. So is Case Keenum. James Kirk's going to be playing against his brother. I don't think mm-hmm. the Bills will necessarily be dominant and will will crush them. But I don't think the Vikings are a, are a true all-conquering 7-1. and one. I think they're a, they're a canny side that's played well and good luck to them. But I don't think they're, they're, I don't think they're the Eagles. I think they're they're a pretty good team that's probably due a defeat of their own. Yeah. I think Bills 24-20. I think it's going to be close as well. I mean, my my key is is just the um is what this defense can do. And hopefully there'll be enough that we'll have Milano back, we'll yeah. have Trey back that we can lock down aside because Kirk Cousins is one it's actually pressured with 26.1% um, per drop back, which is puts him fifth in the league. He's the most, um, he, per, what was it, pressured 85 times. That includes hurries, hits and sacked, which is the most in the league. He's actually the most um, quarterback that gets hit the most oh, passing. Okay. Hurried up, he's fifth. So he's in the top five category for for pressures. Um, Blitz, he's a little bit, he's seventh in mm. there. But if we can get that pressure on there, so this front this front four rotated, hopefully Greg will be back because if not, we're, we're relying mainly on Von Miller to actually um, to do this, to do it all, which he probably could. But yeah. if, we get, if we can get that pressure, we get Milano back and help out, then we can attack and and actually um, win. But I think it is going to be a close one. I yeah. think I don't want to say the same as you, but I can't. Um, it's going to be a one. You don't have game. to say the same as me. You can say the same as me if you want to, but it's generally frowned upon. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I'm looking at 27, 24, to be honest. Okay, cool. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a game. It's going to be yeah. chances both teams will actually have. Um, but I think it's, it's going to be another close game, which we should win if we yeah. play our game and we get everything, to, um, everything correct. Yeah, if we like they always say, if we clean up those mistakes, you know, if if, if it's not just because Gabe should have caught that one and they should have had a DPI and they shouldn't have, shouldn't have had an offensive hold against Dawkins and that sort of thing, but if you make just a couple more catches and a couple more things, suddenly you know Bill's offense smokes and starts running humming a little bit nicer. Um, yeah, they can if they can just be a little bit be a little bit tidier, a little bit cleaner, then yeah, I think I think they get the win. Yeah, so. As always, head follow us on all the socials. Follow us individually on the um on the socials. Get down to the Fitzrover Bell. Get down to Junior Jacks or Bunny Jacksons, whichever one the 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 Manchester lot um the Bills fans up in Manchester go to. 
um we'll, we'll retweet those when they actually tell us um <laughs> well when they actually figure out how to use mastodon as well i'll start plugging that as well but uh don't 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 get it at the moment yeah but keep following us subscribing um and all all we say is thank you for for listening good morning good afternoon good evening that's robin this is matt and we've got abby you probably can't see this said one because you listen to this but we've got abby robin's cat decided to take make an appearance yeah she's sitting on me trying to stay warm (laughs) so from robin abby and myself it's let's go Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Yeah, no, no, no. You don't know anything about work. You don't know anything about work. Huh? That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills.